You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Is it inappropriate that our intro music kind of gets me aroused at 8 a.m.? <laughs> Is that... I don't know if it's inappropriate, but it's definitely a surprise to me. It's kind of nice. It is sensual. It's a sensual track. You know what? You know, oh my gosh. So for those of you listening, we're watching Mad Men right now. Connor's already seen the whole show, done the thing, done the Don Draper thing, and I'm just now getting into it. We just started season two, but what I was thinking is that when she is working on the um, weight loss thing the weight loss vibrator that is actually for female orgasms <laughs> i was i don't know why that all came together in my head but i was like oh this would be such good music to play over in the ad in the ad for a for relax- a tummy relax is it relaxicizer relaxicizer <laughs> huh. yeah i can see that i can see that oh my god i i owe so much to mad men mad men changed my life in well, you many. think that you're Don Draper in another life. I don't think that life. I'm Don Draper. <laughs> he wishes he was. I don't know. Unless He's be pretty cereal. damaged. He's pretty He's damaged. He's so damaged. Oh. But uh, he got me drinking whiskey, though. Oh, I love whiskey. Started drinking scotch. So good. Like 25 when I was watching Mad Men. Wow. It was out that long ago. That's nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're, you're about to be... 33 tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, but also like but this a month later. ago. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Depends on what time you're talking about. Actually, let's talk about that. I have a bone to pick with you more. So okay. I really feel like I've been very thoughtful with your birthday. Yeah. And most of it you don't know about yet. But I gave Connor a present last night that I got on Etsy and I was very excited about it. And it was sort of a, like a joke gift, but also kind of serious. And he opened it up and laughed so hard and proceeded to tell me how stupid it was. It is very stupid. And I was like, oh, I didn't get my feelings hurt at all. But I was like, I didn't really expect him to like go off on about how dumb this was. <sighs> well, you gotta have, you gotta have, you gotta have context. Um, we will post a picture of what this is so you guys. Yeah, can. and so what it is, I'll give you the rundown. It's like a, it's like, it's a wooden plaque with like a deer on it, which is kind of funny, like a deer head, a wooden like a silhouette, as I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. and it says "See Daddy Smokehouse." Smoke shop. Smoke shop. See Daddy Smoke Shop. Established October 2019. <laughs> Which, which originally this was like that's this is was, for a wedding that so. was kind of what i was calling our back porch which is where the smoker is yes um but my granddad had this had this friend who got into like woodworking and would make shit like that all the time and he would just like make it for like my grandma's birthday or whatever and it was just like it was like these gifts that they kept for whatever reason like don burdick was the guy's name and he would just make these wood and he made a birdhouse oh my granddad like this but i always like thought they were so stupid <laughs> It would be like, it would be just like a declaration of like something like my grandmother passed away. There's one that like is yeah. her, you know, like her, like it's like basically a fucking tombstone on a, on a wooden plaque. Aww. And that one's kind of sweet, but there's so many, they're like floating around our house. And I'm like, these are the tackiest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. So there was so much more to that than like just the fact that you got me something funny on Etsy. It was all the backstory of me just being like, wow, it's like I can't escape these fucking wooden plaques. They're everywhere. Maybe your grandmother told me to get it for you. So she would, so that I would, that she would hear what I really think. Yes. Now she knows that I think that they're stupid. Uh huh. Um, no, I think it is funny. It is really stupid and tacky, but the, calling you see daddy is stupid and tacky. So I guess like, yeah, and it it's is going outside, it like on the fence above the gr- above the smoker. So yeah. it's fine. It's um, perfect. well it started though, cause of see daddy's boho lounge at ceremony wellness live last year, you and Lindsay decorating outside for C. our daddy's guests. boho lounge was popping. It was so funny. The boho so. lounge was great. That, that kept me sane during that. For that day, mm-hmm. for sure, it was very light. It was poofed out. We were poofed so out. Poofed at the, out. At the I Boho can't wait Lounge. for our event this year. Um, speaking of your birthday, though, yeah, I'm just curious. I just had mine, turning 32. You're 11 months older than me. What it feels like for you, turning 33, and where you are, and like what's going through your head at this point? I don't think about it that much. Yeah, I don't think about my birthday that much. I. Know. I, for, I the past decade, I've forgotten it's my birthday. Like on my birthday, several times. Like I'll wake up and I won't know it's, I remember it's my birthday at like noon. 
like, oh fuck. Is that how like you told me Merry Christmas the day after Christmas? Yeah, I just don't like that doesn't it just doesn't do it doesn't it doesn't like I just don't get I don't know. For some reason I don't I think because my birthday's in January and I'm grew up in North Texas, so like the weather always sucked. My mm. brother's birthday's in uh June. And he always had like pool parties and shit. And I would have these I would have a party planned and then it would snow or something random. And, and it it's like, right oh. after Christmas. So people yeah, just people gave are just gifts over it and, and they're like, like getting back into school and stuff. It's just not it, it, it so I just I think I just learned to like just not really care that much. Okay. Well that's a boring answer. I know it is, but it's like I don't know, <laughs> turning thirty three, I'm like, okay, I'm like flirting with the mid thirties now. That's interesting. Yeah. But I don't know. The you know what the one thing that pisses me off about being like my fucking body mm. is starting to like Old ache man. all the time. Just and I'm like, just like, yeah. And I'm like, what the, I need to like, I don't know. But I think uh, the thing is I just need to, I need to adjust to my age. I think it's part of growing up is like, okay, like you've done a lot with your body over the past, you know, 33 years. You should probably, I don't take some fish oil or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and we talked <laughs> get a about fucking it. massage, do some yoga. Like this is, yeah. it's, now it's not because like, oh, this feels good. It's like, I, I, I probably like need to do this. Well, this is definitely not a health and wellness podcast, but I'll bring that into it. Since well, that's we are, kind of we're, my specialty. I think we're healthy and well, so it's fine. So you think we're Mr. established. Um, <laughs> but I think, I mean, even you going and getting those tests and realizing your cortisol and adrenals were so out of whack and understanding what it is that you need to do to support your body. I think that kind of stuff is super important, especially as you're getting older and you have to adjust, your body is going to change. Your hormones are changing. Things are happening that you probably aren't aware of. Like we go through puberty, but we think that's the only time that our body's really going to change except for maybe women when yeah. they have menopause. I'm pretty sure I'm going through menopause right now. <laughs> I'm having hot flashes. I'm sweating. I am having hot flashes. Yeah. Um, anyways, I don't know. I just think that's really important to acknowledge and to take ownership of. And I think, you know, you're finally coming to terms with that. So I mean, I guess Bravo, old man. I've always taken care of myself, but it was always just with different, different means. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's just weird. It is weird to get older. Yeah. Well, I, but I don't, I don't have, I think a lot of people when the age thing ends up being like, Oh, I should be this place or I should be there. And I'm like, I don't know. I'll probably be dead in 10 years anyways. Why do you say those things? Because a bear is going to attack me. I've seen it. It's been, do you want to tell foreseen. people? Do you want to tell people about how you're going to die and then what's going to happen? No, I don't have, I don't have a actual, I'll probably die some super boring way, like whatever, but preferred method is like me strangling you is bear attack. <laughs> but what, my what's my, what are my rules? If that happens, like, what do you mean? Like, I feel like you've said things about how I just have to be okay and know that that was the way you wanted to go out and let you just be out in the field. And if, if Dutch is with you or something, I don't know. I'm just like, as long as I have Dutch. You can't, you can't sit and be like, what was that thing you told me when we were high like two months ago? I oh my remember. God. You guys fucking a Connor. This drives me fucking crazy. Yeah. He did this again last night. I, you forget so much and I don't understand. It's the CTE. I that's not funny. It's not funny. You really think that's what it is? Probably. I think that you are just an asshole. He forgets <laughs> such important conversations. Even I was telling him we got in a fight and then I ended up apologizing the next morning. I explained like the whole conversation. He's like, you never said that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, you go, and then what you were like, well, it was like six 30 in the morning and you were half asleep. I'm like, Oh, of course I don't know what the fuck you were talking about. But you were acknowledging me and responding. I acknowledge you and respond if I'm actually asleep. <laughs> you talked a lot in your sleep last night. Probably like was, really loudly. I was having a great time. I was partying. <laughs> <laughs> Can you fucking listen from now on? And like, I do listen. No. Then maybe you shouldn't fucking talk so much and say things that are actually important. <laughs> you can't like, you know the boy that cried wolf? It's like everything I say is important. It's like, no, it's not. Everything. I can only retain like 10% of what you say. I have my own internal dialogue to deal with. The only thing he has room for is fucking hunting YouTube videos and Alan Watts. Yeah. Everything else outside of that is like kiss my ass. Yeah, exactly. It's called it's called it's called alignment, bruh. Get on board. Get on board with my soul's journey. I'm so over you. I know. It's pretty cute. So today, what are we talking about, Kelly? I don't know. You have the run sheet. You made me sit on the other side of the fucking table, Listen, so I can't see anything. And I have here, the ugly okay. background, and you have the pretty background. Yeah, he I has could. the beautiful artwork that I got, and all the cool things. Yeah, and, and everybody I have who's listening foam. to this podcast doesn't give a flying fuck because I know, they can't I see the background. Yeah, well, if they see any of our videos, you guys jump on Team Kelly here. Do you want to switch sides? I don't care. No. You know what? We're gonna fight. Anyways, we're talking about drugs today. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is something that we, cause obviously we talk about psychedelics quite a bit, but I think getting into the difference between 
psychedelics for recreation and psychedelics for healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I probably have a little more experience having done both. Um, cause you have a hard time having recreational psychedelic experiences. It's <laughs> it not makes, for Kelly. It makes me very nervous when you try and be like, oh yeah, we're going to do like a little bit of mushrooms, go to this thing. And I'm like, oh God, Kelly's going to cry for three hours and I'm going to. I just get way overstimulated and overwhelmed. I just like, I just can't handle it. I mean, what did we do a gram the other night and we were at the restaurant and I, one, I just get so nauseous. I want to throw up. But two, it's just, I just get immediate sensitivity to all activity around me. And I'm like, I can't handle this. I need to be in a quiet room with only maybe a couple people chill. Yeah. I mean, I guess. That's just kind of where I am right now. I don't know. It's always going to be like that. Yeah. And I think here's the thing. So let's, let's let's start breaking this down. So it's, it's the first thing that happens for a lot of people when they get into any kind of, and we'll just use mushrooms or LSD as an example. You do it when you're like 15 or 16 and you have a really fucking terrible experience because you don't know what you're getting yourself into in life in general, much less doing some mind altering substances. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, it's like the cool kids are doing it. Right. There's like a peer pressure piece and it could be fun and it could have been awesome. Like I know some people who have did it when they were 15 and had like super profound experiences that they held on to forever. I'd say that's, that's the minority of, yeah. of, of people that can make that happen, but um, you can get tainted. So I think one thing that's really important to understand because this is getting more and more popular, right? Like we live in Denver and, and psilocybin mushrooms are decriminalized, right? So that's, it's, it's, it's gotten more casual. And I think with a more casual approach, there's more responsibility necessary. So I think one of the first things to discuss here is, is how things can go wrong in a recreational setting, mm. you know, and what to do about it. Mm-hmm. And this is something, cause I, I don't drink that much, but I do like being out in the world, especially when I used to go to like clubs and stuff on mushrooms. That was like my thing. And it was fun. I would have like a one tequila and two and a half grams of mushrooms and it was fun. Right. Um, so I think if I can, if I can break this down in a way that's somehow coherent recreational use, step one, know your dosage and what you can handle, right? You have to have had, if you're going to be in that experience. Um, you got to know what you're getting yourself into, right? If you do three and a half, if you do an eighth, right? Which doesn't seem like that much, but you do that at a, out at a club and there's like a bunch of random people around, a bunch of noise. You're setting yourself up for a really, really challenging experience for a, for a prolonged amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. And LSD, especially, because that's seven, eight, nine, 12 hours, right? So you're putting yourself in a situation where a lot can go wrong. So know what you're getting yourself into and err on the side of less, and I think that's one thing we get so excited doing fun things, right? Going to a music festival or Burning Man or whatever it is to get so excited about what you're doing that you overdo it, right? So if you think about LSD and mushrooms, particularly you can get, it can be a beautiful experience and have, you can have recreational healing in a way, but it can go, it can go South. Mm-hmm. So know what you're getting yourself into, know your dosage and, and, and air on this. You can always take more, but you can't take less than you already taken. <laughs> And even if you like throw up or something like that, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's already it's already happened. It's already there. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? I agree. I think that um, I mean, look, I'm definitely still a novice in almost always with this. I trust you with my life. So because you have had more experience, um, I really rely on you to take the lead. And if you tell me that you think that the certain amount is safe, then I trust you. That being said before we ever went out and did anything, we did things alone at home together. And I think that was really important because I was able to feel what a certain amount of, what is it called? Dips of Molly. <laughs> We're not, we haven't gotten to Molly I know, yet. but I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. right? Dips yeah. or how many um, grams of mushrooms we're going to do. I've had the experience in a quiet place on our own. I know what it's going to feel like mm-hmm. in that way. So that gave me a little peace of mind when I walked into a social situation. I also think walking into a social situation like we did at the restaurant the other night, I just leaned on you and I was like very honest about how I was feeling. You were fine. I just said, hey, I'm really nauseous. I was kind of just overwhelmed. You could tell I was just kind of holding on to you. And you just, you were like, you're good. Just breathe. Everything is okay. I think having someone that you can rely on who has had more experience is really crucial. And there's a safety piece, right? Where you just want to feel safe. You don't want to feel like something's going to really go wrong. And I think that 
you provide that for me. So if someone is going to go out and do this in a recreational way or in a healing way, really having someone that has more experience that you can rely on, that you trust, um, that you know, no matter what you say, they're going to, you know, keep you cool, keep you calm and make sure that you're safe. Yeah. So that brings me to my, my second point. Don't do this shit around people that you don't feel comfortable, safe with. Yes. I mean, comfortable is one thing, but if like there's, I don't know, like an ex-boyfriend or a th- you know, something going on there in that community, in that group, and you're like, and you feel the Chaos, need to do it. Chaos, tension, yeah, pressure. Yeah, any of that stuff. And that may come up even if you don't recognize it in a sober state of mind. You could open up to it. But, you know, step one, know your dosage. Err on the side of doing less, right? Step two, be around people that you know. Even if you have a hard time, they're not going to be like, oh, my God, this person's such a fucking pain in the ass because they're having a hard time. It's right. like you can you can – not have to feel the judgment because judgment on any kind of psychedelic feels super, super heavy. So, and that can really fuck you up. And then you start to try to suppress whatever's happening and that becomes, that's where things go real, real South. So that community piece is really important. Like who are you with? And the more people you're with, the more likely you are to have like a, a, a just like feel pressure to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. So if it's three or two or three or four people, that's fine. If it's 15 that may be a little much, right? So knowing that going in and just being, I don't want to say like scared, but maybe just just well thought out in the mm-hmm. way you're approaching it. Well, and I think on that piece, so um, without getting into too much detail, I had an experience with some friends of mine and we all knew we were going to go and do mushrooms together. And I had one idea of what that looked like and they had a different idea. And so instead of us all getting on the same page and really talking about what kind of experience we wanted, everyone sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, gave in to the group's pressure and sort of did what they thought the other people wanted. And so no one really got what they wanted necessarily. I think we all got what we needed, but I don't think we got what we wanted. And these are people that, you know, I really care about and that I'm close with, and we even kind of fucked that up. So I think that if you're going to walk into a situation with a bunch of friends, being really honest about, hey, I really want to have more of an in, inward experience and I really want to discover and be curious and see what this feels like versus I want to have fun and play music and dance and talk the whole time. Those are two very different experiences. Mm-hmm. Being willing to be honest about what you want, I think, is really important so that the communication is there so that there are no cross communication and people aren't missing each other. And then people feel like they um, weren't honored for what they wanted. Yeah, for sure. And, and something else that comes up when you're out in a in a, a public environment, which you guys weren't in that situation. I call this um, seeing zombies, mm. <laughs> which is exactly what it feels like when every especially if you're at a club or something like that or, or some kind of party where the energy kind of gets just dark and you get real sensitive to that. I think before you ingest anything, right, have your escape plan, mm-hmm. right? Know that your Uber account is linked up and everything's good to go. And know you're going to go home and you're listening to music. Like I've had that happen a number of times. We're being out. Like I said, don't drink that much. This is kind of my preferred way of like getting rowdy and getting doing, going out and doing the thing. And I'm like, oh, this feels dark. I'm the, fu- I'm the, fu- I'm not negotiating with it. I'm not like, maybe I'll give myself, you know, I've done this for a while, so like I can give myself a minute to kind of get my shit together. Maybe it's just a little, maybe it's one person, maybe it's where I'm standing, right? But if that doesn't change anything, get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had that happen enough, and I used to fight it, and it would just, it would not go well. And I'm like, you know what? I had this before I even do anything. I'm like, am I okay going home tonight, early, and listening to music in my bedroom instead of being here? If that's what comes up. Mm-hmm. And if that's not the case, then I would say don't do it. Yeah. Because that's that's so it's so helpful to know like, all right, well, yeah, it takes the pressure off of me of having to like be a certain way. And I'm not talking about like fucking saying goodbye to anybody. I'm like, you feel yeah. that way? Irish goodbye. Get the fu- Houdini the fuck out of that place. And it's fine. I had that happen in a, uh, I was at a, like a deep house type uh, type club. I think it actually closed in Austin. Um and it was, it was fine. I wasn't really having that much of a time, but we had a chocolate bar there. And I remember I, <laughs> I had, the, I had a, a mushroom chocolate bar and I, most people do like a piece, but I like half the bar. And I was like, I wasn't having that good of a time. I'm like, either I'm going to have a better time because of this, or I'm going to go home by myself and have an excuse to go home. Like, oh, I ate too many, mush- too much mushrooms. I got to go home. <laughs> and I ended up like having this experience where I closed my eyes and like separated from my body. It was very cool. Like Dr. Strange style. Like Whoa. it was like an accordion outside. It was really, really neat. 
And I was like, eh, and I'm leaving. So I just walked around downtown Austin or walked around for like probably like, like a mile towards my house and then get an Uber. And then it was really nice night out and had like a great time and was looking at all the Christmas lights and stuff. It was awesome. <laughs> That's right. had a great time. But if I would have tried to force it and stay there, I'd have been fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. And I just listened to lane eight in my bed and had a good time and went lane to sleep. <laughs> so good. Like yeah, that. but it's, it's like you, it's the, I think it's a lot of times like the, if you have a, an attachment to being a certain way or you're performing for the people you're around, that's when things get weird because that becomes very, very apparent on LSD or mushrooms. Mm-hmm. But it, and we're going to go into the, how you would approach this for, in a healing context. Cause they're all very much more similar. But one thing I'm noticing in, in the world at large and in, in my Instagram DMS is like people, <laughs> the world at large in my Instagram DMs. <laughs> Which is basically the same thing. That's the pulse of the world. That's how I know what's going on. Um, hit me up at Connor Wanders on Instagram, by the way. Your, uh, your DMs are just full of a bunch of hot girls that want to talk to you. Is that the pulse that's of the world? not who it is. It's like a handful of people that just are responding to my stories and saying ridiculous things. But uh, I'm also on TikTok now, by the way. So that's oh, there's there for you. Just started that. It's actually... It's been nice being your girlfriend. See you later. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Um, What the fuck was I talking about? I don't know. I'm sorry. I got you distracted. Uh, Oh, MDMA is what I was saying is via my Instagram DMs, the pulse of the nation. Um, And people are doing, are trying MDMA, not as like 16 year old kids at a fucking rave or music festival, which I've seen at ACL, which is Austin city limits festival. There's like college kids on MDMA or Molly or ecstasy or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Right. Whatever, whatever they had got their hands on and it's 95 degrees and dry as shit and just dust in the air and they get dehydrated and fucking pass out. Mm. Like I've seen them and they, those, and it's usually small girls and they drop like flies and it's like a protocol. It's like, Oh, there she is. And they give her an IV and get her back together. But wow, it's trippy. I was, I was at Mr. Wives, a, con, a, a band there. And I was like, Oh, I have a good time. And then I look over, there's just like a girl just, just flop on the ground. It's like, Jesus. That's not funny. It's, it's funny. It's She's dangerous. Fine. Yeah, it's dangerous. Drink some fucking water. It's not that hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like get a camel back. What are you doing? Don't do that. That's not a good, good move. But I think more people are not there. More people are like, oh, I'm 28. I'm 30. I'm 35. Yeah. Like I want to try. I hear so much about this and, and the benefits and how fun it can be and whatever. And I want to try it now. So I'm seeing more people that are grownups. Well, what trying you, MDMA for the first time. I tried MDMA for the first time with you. What do you, I'm just curious from your perspective, because I know mine, what do you think that doing that did for me? Um, I think it just took the pressure off. It's gonna, that's the way I see it. I can get, you can get more profound than that for sure. But I think it was like, oh, I can relax. That's the same thing it did for me. I don't do it that often. I'm not like a huge fan or advocate of it. I think it's it was super impactful for therapeutic use. Mm-hmm. I think it can break down some barriers. But I think at the end of the day, for me, one of the biggest things, I, just, I was just able to dance in public. And I'm not a good dancer. I don't fucking, but I have a good time. I, I have the capacity to have a good, good time dancing mm-hmm. and a little bit of MDMA and the right people around. And like, those oh, are new a, years. There's a bachelorette party out there. And I'm like, oh, I'm just like hanging out with these people. That was years ago. Yeah. But it's like, oh, I'm having, I'm like having fun and they're having fun with me. And I felt like a, a lot of empathy and connection and like appreciation. And it was just, it was cool. I could see people in a different way. And I wasn't so, the social anxiety piece was kind of like dissipated. Mm-hmm. And I think it was very similar for you because we're also like oversized people that yeah. probably felt really awkward in our bodies for a long time. <laughs> and then having to like rewire that where it's like, oh, it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Well, and what it also taught me is that pleasure is okay. And it's it's okay to be loose and flow and have fun. And I really, I struggle with allowing pleasure and playfulness in my life. And so it showed me that I have that within myself that she, that version of me, she is there Mm -hmm. and I just have to, or I get to sort of open up to her and let her be free. And I, I saw that when we did it at Odessa. Um, and then, you know, at new year's and the time in between that, I just felt like, Oh, there's this version of me that I've really been wanting. And all of a sudden she's here. So that is a part of who I am and I can let that be. And I don't have to be on a drug to make that happen. It was insight yeah. into myself. I had never had, which I really love. Yeah. You definitely take it out with you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. And also yeah. cautionary tale. Um, I think it's great. I think, I think again, starting slow, you don't have to go mm-hmm. hard with this stuff, mm-hmm. but one thing that's super important when it comes to MDMA, because that feeling MDMA, Molly, ecstasy, any of this stuff, um, one, it's an amphetamine. 
Two, it's neurodegenerative, right? So don't doing it often, not a great idea. Mm-mm. I'm like two days in a row, terrible idea. Hell Maybe no. at Burning Man or whatever, but that's still even then, I would say probably not a good idea. Three, one thing to consider, and not everybody's in this scenario, but if you have a, a, enough, a substantial amount of it, right? Like however you get it or whoever you're with that has it, it feels so good that you're going to want to keep doing it all the, like keep doing it, right? As soon as that feeling starts to go away, it's like, oh, and you're not in the, in a right state of mind to make those kind of decisions. So you've got to have like a hard cutoff. Like I'm doing it this, I'm doing like three, I'm dipping my finger in the bag three times, or I'm taking like this one pill and that's it. And then not, and not negotiate with yourself because what can happen is you end up going way overboard and feeling like absolute dog shit. And I don't mean like a hangover for a day. I mean like a week. Like it, your serotonin is fucking gone and it is not fun. And it's, it's like, but you could as an adult, right? I'm talking about like grownups doing this shit. Be responsible with yourself, right? This is not by any means an endorsement of something that you should do if you don't feel comfortable doing any of these things. Yeah. But we're no not one, trying to tell people no one, to do no drugs. One, but people don't talk about this shit, <laughs> yes. right? So it's like, here's, here's what I've done that was fucking stupid. Right. And paid the price for it. And I would prefer that other people don't have that, mm-hmm. that type of experience unless they feel like they need it to learn their lesson. But it, it's one of those things. It, it doesn't have an, it doesn't have an appropriate throttle, right? Like drinking. Sometimes you get to a point where you're like, Oh, I don't need to drink anymore. Mm-hmm. That point on MDMA is, Oh my God, I need more MDMA. Mm-hmm. Right. And that becomes really, can get really, really dangerous. So I think having strict, you know, restrictions on yourself as far as how far you're willing to go and also just accepting it doesn't take that much. No. Right. Like whatever's coming out of you, you can like, you can bring that out on your own. You don't need to be completely blasted to make that happen. Mm-mm. And then you won't sleep. So keep that in oh. mind. It is an amphetamine. Oh. Don't, don't get, don't get it twisted. Like this New Year's isn't, Day this, this year. is not <sighs> healthy. I MDMA, like, I would say mushrooms are neuroregenerative, right? So they can actually increase neuropathways and improve your brain function. MDMA is not. It is the opposite. It's neurodegenerative. Degenerative. Degenerative. And you fucking pay the price for it. It's no It's no joke. So it's like one of those things I'm like three times a year, maybe. Yeah. If I do four times a year, I'm like, well, I went hard. Yeah. You know? It's like, and it's not, and I try and keep it really, uh, really respect, respectful of the situation. Mm-hmm. But also knowing it's like, just like a lot of other things, like we don't, not everything we do is good for us, but is the juice worth the squeeze, you know? Totally. Yeah. So are we going to move into the healing portion of this? Mm-hmm. That's where we're at right now. Yes. Great segue, Kelly. <laughs> Seamless. Yeah, thanks. Um, I really think that, you know, using plant medicine specifically. So here's also, this is, this is for me. I don't want to speak for you, but I really respect the plants. And I really go into those experiences with intention. So I think that that's why I don't do well with mushrooms socially is because that's not their role for me right now. We did have a great experience with our friends here the other night. We sat up in the ceremony room. Mm -hmm. We were on a gram of mushrooms just talking and, and it was really beautiful and very chill. And I also believe that was healing because I had some very deep revelations and was able to share them. And it was really, really nice. Um, but also to engage with other people. So it was social, but it was very healing for me. But back to what I was saying. So I think that there's the word psychedelics and then there's the word plant medicine. And I really separate the two. And I know you can have a psychedelic quote unquote experience with plant medicine, but when it comes to me, and I know ayahuasca is not necessarily lumped into this, but when it comes to ayahuasca and mushrooms, I really take care of my intention going in. Whereas when I'm going to do MDMA at Odessa, I don't have the same (laughs) experience. Um, I don't, I don't feel a need to go in with intention. So the way I decipher healing versus going out and partying is my intention with it. And what do I want to get out of this? And what is my respect and relationship to the plant medicine or the quote unquote psychedelic that I'm going to have Versus I'm going to go out and I'm going to have a good time and I'm going to let loose. Well, that's an intention too. Yes. It's just not, right, it's not necessarily a healing intention, but Correct. it can be very it can healing. Be if, healing. You, if you can, if you get to the point where you're like, okay, oh, dance in public now and then you can do it sober. Yeah. That's a, that's a form of expression that you had suppressed. I mean, that's its own, it's its mm-hmm. own way. Right. Mm-hmm. For me, mushrooms have always been very, very playful. So I doesn't have, I don't have a hard time 
if anything, I just get quiet. If I, I get quieter than I'm used to getting, but that's, yeah, I, you were actually, super quiet the other night. Yeah. I just like to listen. Yeah. I'm like observing and thinking a lot. It's just where I go. <laughs> I, if I like, I like being there. It's a nice little shift for me. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you're, you're right in a way, but I also think it's like, cause MDMA is not considered a psychedelic. Right, it's also not a plant. Mm, yeah. <laughs> LSD is synthesized from like can be synthesized from some kind of fungus, but it's not a plant necessarily either. Mm-hmm. So you can't like plant medicine is very specific to huachuma, ayahuasca, mushrooms, you know, doca. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The there's a handful of them. Hape, I don't know, whatever. What it doesn't really end. Yeah, you know, <laughs> lemongrass, whatever. Um, but. I think the psychedelic as when you when you start to label something a psychedelic, you're talking about a, an altered state of consciousness, right? And I don't like calling them hallucinogenics because a lot of times you're not hallucinating. You could right. be in an altered state of consciousness and everything look, you're not hallucinating at all. You just feel different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think I think I think there's something something to that. Um, but I think this is why they use the word entheogen a lot. That's another word for psychedelics in a way, because it's not psychedelics is kind of has its its own like tainted yeah. kind of feel to it, right? From the sixties. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think there's I think by like pigeonholing them into like this is what a, a healing experience Are is. Are you telling me I'm being controlling more? <laughs> God yeah. damn it. It's like you want it's a it, it, healing is, is such a broad term and it doesn't have to be like you mean you're fucking you know, blowing sage around and, and, and chanting and Ugh. whatever the fuck and like sitting cross-legged or laying on the floor in a, in a pile of blankets. Like you can be healing at a fucking Odessa show or whatever. Right. And you don't have to with or without psychedelics. Like that, it, it's about to me healing is, is, is taking and creating an understanding of yourself and maybe hardwiring yourself in a way that's more genuine to how you feel you want to show up in the world. Mm. So that doesn't mean you can be fucking breakdancing. You can go to a hip hop class. You can be at CrossFit. You can you, you, you could be tripping your fucking balls off. Like that doesn't it doesn't it doesn't have to end in this like stereotypical West LA like chanting on poofs fucking hippie box, right? Like that's just not where it's at. It's just not. It's it, it just there's more to it than that. And it's so healing inherently is so individual because like well, what are you healing from, right? Like what are your wounds that need to be addressed? Like, well, fuck, maybe that just means that you need to speak up for your fucking self. You can have a conversation with your boss and it can be healing because you said what you actually fucking thought. Like, I don't know. To me, it's like, it's just different. It's different. It's, 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 you can't, to paint it into a corner, a lot of times I think people that do that, it's like, this is what healing is. They're, they're trying to fucking sell you something. And it's like, there's just, there's more to it than that. Like, you're walking around every fucking day. Why don't you like use that for healing? As well as tripping your fucking balls off sometimes. I don't know. You know, this is why I'm going to marry you, right? I guess. Uh, I hate when you're right, but I also love your point. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And I, I'm, that's something I'm working through. Cause I definitely, I take things way more serious than you and I want them to look a certain way. Like if I'm going to be in a ceremony, it's going to be like this. I'm going to wear this thing and I'm going to do this, uh, routine and make it look this way. And it doesn't have to. And the funny thing is, this is what I teach people. It's like, it doesn't have to look the way you think it is like, listen to your body and let it be what it's meant to be. But yeah. in my own head, in my own experience, I'm trying to control myself so hard and and say, no, you can't do it that way. Or no play doesn't equal healing. Play actually is my healing. That is what this year is. My intention is I am open. Like I, I want to play because I know that it's the next step for my healing. Yeah. So I love that you say that. And it's true. It's healing doesn't happen in one way, one place, one time. It's your life every day. It's living it. And that's part of when we do ayahuasca and we come home, they're like the ceremony is your life integration or the, your life is the ceremony. Integration is the most important part. You're living this every day and the changes in your reactions and decisions and beliefs about yourself, the way that you play, the way you have fun, that's all a part of the healing process. So I love yeah. that you said it that way. When I think a better distinction is, is to call something like a ceremony mm-hmm. versus recreation, right? Mm-hmm. Because then in a ceremony, whether it be MDMA led by a therapist or, you know, mushroom ceremony with your friends, um, just to lay this out, I think the difference is the lack of stimulation, right? Like you have some chill music playing and you're committed to just being in your own process and opening up whatever is there, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas if you're out doing something, you don't necessarily want to open up a process. If one gets opened up, 
don't fight it. Right. But you're not trying to like get into it. Right. And that's the thing is like, if you in a situation where you're in a, a ceremonial space and you've kind of set your intentions and you've done a higher dose, which is like inviting a deeper process into your situation. Right. And that, and that kind of Terrence became a four to five gram heroic dose, um, area. Like that, that's, that's, that's a pretty aggressive situation and you can open up a lot there, but you can also learn a lot about yourself there. And I think going into that, it's there's there's a different level of intention there right where it's like okay i'm going to get into i'm like inviting in whatever darkness i need to see about myself if i need to see that or whatever you know i can sometimes you get sunshine and rainbows and it's just all fantastic um but i think the distinction we're trying to draw here is like okay going out and having a good time feeling connectedness with the world around you i think is sometimes the best things that can happen from doing any kind of substance out in the world mm -hmm. right this is why cocaine is like not really the a preferred method of connection because it puts you all in your head it's like you mm, know i've never done it yeah um but the difference in that in mdma is like a feeling of oneness with all around you which is really really fucking cool right and it feels like acceptance and love and all these fun things which you don't really they, they definitely dial back in reality but they don't go away mm -hmm. versus drawing the boundary and saying like okay this is us in the in the room we got our blankets, you know, we sage this motherfucker. We got our chill music playlist that's three hours long. We're not going to talk to each other. We're not going to distract, distract each other. We want to respect each other's process. Like we're not dancing, we're not playing around. We're getting into it. We're going to commit three hours or so to ourselves, right? And that's what I would consider for mushrooms. LSD is a little bit different because it is so much longer. Mm -hmm. uh, but that can be more of a connecting situation where you are talking things out and you're kind of seeing what someone else has to say. And to me, that's really cool for an empathetic practice, right? It's like, oh, let me like consider this other person's point of view and maybe some things are clicking for me and I can speak them out loud. And mm -hmm. sometimes you're just like, oh, goofy as hell because you're on LSD, but sometimes they're really fucking intense and profound and you hold on to those as well. Can we talk about um, our experience in the teepee together? Because I know we talked about this when we had a D, Dr. D Jaffe on the show. And yeah, I haven't had, I haven't thought about that in a while. I know. And I'm kind of feeling it again. Um, the teepee? Just that experience with you. It was, I think it was really beautiful for us. But for me, doing mushrooms with you in a teepee in Topeka Canyon and having a chance to talk to you but we I mean we were in a bed together and we were like snuggling and we were we were playing music but we were talking a little bit and laughing and crying and holding each other and kind of switching roles I would be going through something and you were super present for me and then you were going through something and I was super present for you and just sort of that back and forth of holding space for each other in a very healing yet playful way. Mm -hmm. We both had our own experiences, but we were very much in each other's. And I thought that was so cool. I had never really had that before where it was like our energies were like swirling together is what it kind of felt like. Yeah. And it was really beautiful to be able to see you in that way. And I think for you to see me um, and just our response. I don't know. What did you think about it? I mean, it was interesting for me. Yeah. It was, well, just, it was it so was just, dark for you. It was dark. It was fine. It was mm -hmm. good. It was a really good experience. Like we were out. It was just, it was funny. It was kind of like, it was just a different experience. We're in a fucking teepee in Topanga Canyon. It was in so someone's cool. backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Airbnb teepees. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was, that was cool. And it was nice to like merge experiences like that. Because we, generally speaking, you've got to be really cool with somebody to make that happen right mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean it has to be sexual or any kind of romantic connection like you can have that with your friend or whatever it is platonic as fuck right but that that for us i thought that was really really fun to just like dance with it and especially with mine being so dark it wasn't like i was ashamed of it it was just that's where i was at it, mm -hmm. was, it was i was in some i was in some darkness and it was yeah. cool and it felt very accepted too because it was yeah it was there was, was so much of the back and forth it was really really cool but i also don't like remember that much of it. I'm kind of, it's, I have like the cliff notes, you know, I feel like that. Ha I feel like that's kind of our thing. I remember a lot and you don't. Yeah. It's I mean, if I, if I had to keep track of all of them, it'd be, it's like, I, I, I've pretty made, I kind of made the practice of hang on to a few things that you remember from that and just don't let the rest like, go. Yeah. Just let the, like, yeah. It's, it's, it was, it happened. And like there's shifts that happen to you that I don't, or to me, in my experience, there's shifts that happen that I don't need to, constantly be thinking about well it was kind of like when we did mdma on new year's and you didn't remember a lot but you said it was the exact same thing for you everything comes back to acceptance when we're doing stuff like this which is really interesting 
you become much more vulnerable and open than you would in regular life. And you pour all this stuff out to me and you feel so accepted. And it's like you, for you, I think these processes are about feeling accepted and knowing that I'm going to be unwavering in my love. Well, yeah, that, and I think like the shift happens. I don't, but I don't oftentimes like really, yeah, remember. Right. What, you don't need to remember, but yeah, you still feel it. Yeah. I just feel, I just feel different. Yes. I've had that experience a lot of times where I just, I don't remember really necessarily remember, like with ayahuasca the last time we did that in Etzel Tara, like I, I don't remember the last ceremony, but I, I just felt way different afterwards. I remember like bits and pieces, but it wasn't, it was like, I didn't need to. Yeah. It was also super dark, but sometimes it's just, it's just nice to, I mean, on New Year's, obviously that was a different scenario. Yeah. <laughs> there was alcohol involved. That yeah. probably clouded my memory a little bit. But uh, yeah, it doesn't. I don't think you necessarily need. I think that the anxiety of trying to hold on to everything that comes from those is is a, a bad idea, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I think yeah. you should hang on. Like, what are those two or three things that really really stand out to you? And then through life, will things pop up, you know, and change and and be and be kind of brought to you. I also think one of the most important lessons that you've taught me in the last year is to not create a story out of everything. So you'll see something on whatever it is you're on and you latch onto it and you want to create an entire story for what that means for your life. And can you explain more about why that's what you believe? Because that's something I still grapple with that for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think so oftentimes, like, especially there's so many psychedelic advocates now in the podcast space. So let's just use podcasters as, as an example. Um, they'll take their experience, right? I'm thinking of a couple people in particular. They'll take their experience and then they'll, they'll have it and they'll remember it. Right. And then every time they remember it and recount it, you got to understand the fact that the more dramatic and intense and I don't know, like what, what word am I looking for here? Like uh, just exaggerated. Yeah. Just the more, dramatic. the more, the more dramatic the experience, like the more people are going to like, Ooh, Whoa, like that's cool. Yeah. Wow. That's, imp- that's crazy. That's imp- you're so, you're so woke. You're so profound. And to think that I don't give a fuck how spiritual you are to think that that shit doesn't impact your decision making oh, for sure. is so naive. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's like, Oh, it's like, it's your, your little ego sneaking in and like playing you like a fucking puppet. And I think that people take them and they, then they, they have this experience and then they layer on their assumptions of what that experience means for them layer after layer after layer after layer until they've essentially buried their experience and fucking assumptions to make themselves look a certain way. And I don't think that psychedelics make you immune to this, but I think that certain people think that psychedelics make you immune to this as if that's not a case. If you're not searching for validation and the retelling of your psychedelic stories um, and I'm probably guilty of it too, right? But, well, I know, but I know I'm probably guilty of it. So I'm like, I, that's what I remember now. And, you yeah. know, that I have, you know, I, I try not to even go super heavy into like the storytelling aspect of it outside of what I can remember and how it's Im- more how it's impacted my life than how crazy my story can be. And I think the attachment to that is is sometimes detrimental because by by focusing on this one specific thing and making it as dramatic as possible, you may miss some smaller things versus let, letting them integrate into your life and play out in a way that then you can, the shifts, the real shifts happen in my opinion, when you live a different way based upon your experience. Yeah. I, the thing that is coming up for me right now is when I, I talked about seeing my soul home and experiencing that when we were in uh, Costa Rica last year at Soltara. And I wanted to, for a lot of different things I saw and experienced, I wanted to create a story around it and really attach myself because my controlling nature needs to have that mean something and have an answer and an, and an outcome. But what I realized is that I'll just use that as an example. So I saw my soul home. I saw, I, I felt that I was this energy that was melting into every other energy around me. And it was this feminine energy that was so sacred and beautiful and supported and connected. And it was light and we were all just melting into each other and it was pinks and purples and swirling And I wanted that to mean something. I wanted to take that and like build it into a story. But what I have realized is that what lesson did I get from that feeling? And that's all that I need. And knowing that having felt that connectedness that I had never felt, especially with women, that opened my eyes up to so many other possibilities. So it didn't mean anything, 
but the impact it had changed me dramatically in the way I see the world, the way I interact with other people, the way I feel about myself. And so that is what I think we can do with those experiences is not create a story or attach to an outcome, but really take the lesson and the feeling and know how that impacts our bodies and our state of being and just allowing that to be. Yeah. I think you're onto something there. And having those experiences, they feel so real that you do and can experience a shift just from having that experience. It's like experiencing anything in your normal day-to-day life. You may be laying down and it may be all be in your, in your, you know, hallucination in your, in the, in the hallucinogen, like I cannot talk today. Hallucinogen? Hallucinogenic experience. Um, (laughs) but it feels as real as anything else. And the impact on your life is as real as anything else, in my opinion, if you allow it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you turn it into a fucking fairy tale, then it's a fairy tale. I saw this guy that I walked by on the street this one time, and I feel like he is my husband, and we need to be together, and we're going to have two kids. And it's just like this whole plan. And it's like, um, but actually... Yeah, it's just some <laughs> high-level projection. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of drugs... Got some good drug news for you. Coming straight out of Florida. You ready for this? Yes. All right. Let's fuck with the news. I love how I get to read on this podcast because I'm so bad at it. Coming straight. Florida is the birthplace of all news that matters. It's a swing state, apparently. (laughs) Um, A lot of goes on down there. Python. There's a Python problem going on. Wild boars are just running, running all over the place. Uh, They're running wild. (laughs) Running wild. Wild boars are running wild. Uh, People are feeding them to alligators. It's just a weird. It's a weird place. I think we all can agree. Florida is just so weird. Weird from Miami to Tallahassee. It's just sounds like a country. It's a big shift too. Yeah, Florida Georgia Line is involved with them, and that's that's weird. All you need to know. (laughs) They're men that wear studded jeans. And that's the, I think they still have like wallet chains. It's just a weird, hey, it's just a weird. You, if you want that for your birthday, baby, just tell me. I don't I want will that. get you a personalized to the floor, wallet with a chain from uh, Etsy. Maybe you're a song. You made me want to roll my windows <laughs> down. Um, <laughs> the other songs are like blue jeans and trucks driving down the road. <laughs> burka, 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 <laughs> drinking cold beer. All right. Are you ready for this? Hit me, baby. A Florida man was arrested after he was caught with five ecstasy pills that were the color orange and in the shape of President Donald Trump's face. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan what? Dolan King, 23, had the ecstasy pills hidden inside his air vent at his home in the city of Clearwater, according to an arrest report from the Pinella County Sheriff's Office. He he hid five pills in an air vent? Yeah. They were so small. Why? Yeah, I don't know. There's other places to hide them. Put them in your pocket. They were labeled Trump NL. According to the report, a spokesperson for the Clearwater Police Department said that or told ABC News that officers occasionally find ecstasy pills in different shapes, including ones featuring a Batman or a Superman logo. However, we had he added, we have not seen one in this shape before. Wow. I want to meet the guy who made those. Did he use like cookie molds? Oh, wow. Police also allegedly found the tan powder in the air vents that was later positively, positively identified as fentanyl <gasps> through lab testing. <sighs> hey, kids out there, don't do fentanyl. Don't do fentanyl. Not even And once. can we go back to our conversation earlier? Make sure your shit is not being cut with fentanyl. Yeah. Oh my God, that's happening. It's happening This is why this stuff is so scary. Yeah, and there's ways to test that. So Gosh. be careful out there. Um, the tests also confirmed that the Trump-shaped tablets were MDMA, commonly known as ecstasy, according to the police. I would do Trump-shaped MDMA. I wish I had some Bernie Bernie Sanders that you shaped. Could crush up. I wish I had some Bernie Sanders shaped MDMA. Oh my gosh! I'd probably walking around. I'm gonna give free college to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna forgive student debt. Oh my god! Just, can you imagine? I wish Be like it was Oprah. Ecstasy for you. Ecstasy <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, can I buy some ecstasy off of you? Like, no. But you can have it for free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Ecstasy is a right. Enjoying yourself is a right. This is not. These are not extreme ideas here. We're going to tax Wall Street projections and give everybody drugs. Okay. Oh, can we God. just get Bernie on the show? I just want to hang out. With I would him. fucking love Bernie. I want to drink a beer and smoke a joint with him. I don't know if he does either one of those things. Wouldn't that be so? He fun had a heart though? attack. Um, 
And so this guy was charged with possession of a controlled substance. It was not immediately clear if Donald King was legally rep. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. But he had Trump-shaped MDMA. That's fucking hilarious. Wow. Are what there pictures of be, it? What a time to be alive. No, there's not. I wish there was. I, can you Google Trump MDMA no, Im, in that. images and see I mean, what comes up? I'm guarantee Trump you it's got to be something. Shaped. Um, uh, ecstasy is probably better. <laughs> it's there, isn't it? Uh, police responded to an overdose call and they discovered Trump-shaped ecstasy. <laughs> the Washington Post. <laughs> Oh my god! I need to see this. On the back, it says "Great Again." Oh, those are so good. He also kind of looks like Santa Claus. Well, we'll put those. We'll put those in the. Uh, we'll put those on our Instagram. This is fucking hysterical. So good. Well, Kelly, we've covered a lot. We have a lot of drug news. All the drug news. And the news of drugs. Um, but be safe out there. Yeah. Know what you get yourself Seriously. into. Seriously, take care of yourself. Your safety matters more than anything, and that should be the priority. Safety is a priority. Yes. Don't, you know, and also make sure you got water around. Mm-hmm. Just get a, just get a little bubbly water at the bar. Don't be drinking too much yeah. when you're doing these things and, uh, open yourself, open yourself up, connect a little bit. Yeah. It's good stuff. I agree. Hey, you know what else should be a priority for everybody? Leaving a five-star review on this podcast. Leaving a review. Say something nice about me, not Connor. Yeah, everybody's talking. That's not very nice. Just kidding. I love you, baby. Um, but seriously, we appreciate and need your reviews and your love. It's how the show grows. Um, it's how people find us. It is how you can help your friends and connect them with the show. Just take a little screenshot, send it to them, be like, oh my God, I love this show. Yeah. And then we'll send you presents. Yeah, we'll send you full, cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's all I got. I'm going to Xerox copies of my ass and send them in the letters. On the copier that's in uh, Mad Men? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just do that. It's be fine. It'd be great. I like that. I'm excited about it. Yeah. That'd be so funny if I actually did that. If you, if you want We'd that. We'd probably get sued. If you want that, request it because that's our by request only. Consensual ass prints? <laughs> yeah. I could just send you we a, should do that and then just like make a collage of Connor's butt. I could just send you everywhere. a Polaroid of myself smiling, Aww, waving. Hi. That would be fresh. Hi. Um, anything else? Any other big announcements? Not right now. All right. Well, this has been fun, Kel Dog. Episode Thanks. two in the can. See Daddy Smoke Shop. <laughs> Love you, babe. This show is brought to you by Soul Fire Productions. <laughs>